The year is 1971. Life is groovy, baby. Bad means good. A gallon of gas costs 40 cents. Apollo 14 brings back 90 pounds of moon rocks. And the paper planogram rules retail. It's an out-of-sight idea in merchandising. After 50 years in the workplace, it's time for the paper planogram to split the scene and retire. One door is here with the cloud-based digital planogram. It's dynamic technology for the new frontier in merchandising. Learn more at OneDoor.com. Peace out. Hello, Retail Rundown listeners. I'm Marie Driscoll, your host for the week. I'm Managing Director of Luxury and Retail at Corsite Research. Joining me today is Chad Hooker. Chad is a digital commerce and OMS veteran with more than 20 years of experience in sales and delivery of enterprise commerce and order management systems. He currently serves as the VP Operations North America at Fluent Commerce, a cloud-native distributed order management system. Thanks for being here today, Chad. Absolutely, Marie. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Always great to have these opportunities. Great. So Fluent Commerce helps brands and retailers provide a premium omni-channel fulfillment experience. But an order management system, from what I understand, can also help improve the online shopping experience across other industries, such as, well, airports and their tenant stores. At CoreSight, where my main focus is luxury and fashion, I believe this greatly coincides with travel and airport retail. Can you kick us off by just talking a little bit on your view of the current state of the retail industry and the impact of the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. Purely from an academic perspective, it's really been an interesting story to watch unfold with many twists and turns. You know, we learned that the typical picture of supply and demand can change in an instant across the board. We've seen localized disruptions in supply and demand with weather events and so on, but nothing on a global scale. You know, with COVID, we saw it everywhere and in all industries. For example, the most visible and the most disheartening was the ICU hospital bed utilization. For any given city, the amount of folks that needed beds and the amount of beds available with the appropriately trained staff was somewhat imbalanced. Sure, there are hybrid or step-down beds that allow for them to flex for temporary spikes, but for the most part, everything was in balance until really it wasn't. In retail specifically, we saw labor shortages due to lockdowns coupled with panic buying completely obliterating stock levels. We saw inventory that got orphaned in the supply chain with the different levels of lockdown in different areas. One retailer had warehouses and stores locked out in the Northeast, but their stores in the South and say like North Carolina were available for pickup but they didn't have the ability to ship from that store. So that inventory was effectively orphaned or constrained to just that local market of folks feeling brave enough to make it to a store. The retailers that could accurately promise against stock not physically on hand were succeeding in keeping the customers off Amazon. The problem was that most of those retailers and brands had very basic capabilities in promising against that imbalanced inventory most of them simply assume a regular schedule of replenishment, not actually tied directly back into purchase orders or transfer orders back in the supply chain. And then when that regular schedule of replenishment broke down, so did their ability to accurately promise and deliver to those customers. 
when we saw stores starting to open back up and shipping from those stores was available, the retailers with very simplistic orchestration logic that maybe only looked at, say, the the distance as a crow flies for the customer to the store found themselves with some stores that were extremely overwhelmed and other ones sitting idle. If they could have just made better sourcing decisions based on inventory levels and specific stores, current orders awaiting processing in a store, or maybe even individual store performance and throughput, they would have been able to get back to that balance and load that a bit better. You know, the moral of all of this story is that retailers and brands with systems in place that were just based on basic assumptions of supply and demand that really struggled. The pandemic proved that agility and modern tech that can adapt to these dramatic swings was a must. For example, one of our multinational uh, retailers were on Fluent that had never shipped from their stores pre-pandemic. They were, had only used them for click and collect. When the lockdown happened, they were able to make some simple changes in Fluent and they were able to pivot quickly and ship from the, all of their stores that they wanted to within five days. Amazing. I know that you know it's public knowledge that Target has been able to ship from stores for 90% of its online fulfillment. So it's amazing how some retailers have been able to use their proximity to the local consumer, local demand, and meet online orders and really capture share and do a fabulous job. And yet still we're dealing with supply constraints globally. And it looks like it's being exacerbated by port closures in China again. But let's talk about airports. Tell us what you've seen in terms of retail stores at airports and how they've been impacted. In my opinion, for airports specifically, the pandemic hit at the absolute worst time for airport retail. You know, back in 2018, 2019, we were starting to work with airports and they were starting to see themselves differently and starting to see what the airports of the future might look like. The airport was becoming that final frontier of omni-channel retail disruption, you know, almost boldly going where no airport had gone before. (laughs) Yeah, they were allowing folks to shop across all of the tenants within the airport within one single digital interface, not just individual stores or individual tenants walking into those specific stores, but a digital experience across all of those. And being able to shop and then be able to pay for their items and then have them ready for them either at their arrival or their departure gates. What was happening is airports were starting to see themselves as a marketplace that they could aggregate the offerings of all of these tenants to provide an omni-channel and cross-brand shopping experience. But you know, sadly, when all the passengers went away, so did this drive for disruption. The good news is in the last quarter or so, we've started to see some of these airports starting to think about this again and ask questions. So it's been a really exciting time for us. And, you know, what's so interesting is that when people are traveling, both business travelers and people on holiday, the average consumer, they're stuck in the airport. It's sunk time. What are you going to do? If you're a business traveler, you deserve a reward for traveling on business. And maybe you have to take something home to the family. And if you're traveling on, you know, as a regular consumer, it's an opportune time to shop. So really, it's such a great place for people to shop. It's a great place for retailers. So it's great to hear you say that it's beginning to come back. So what challenges do airports face that mainstream retailers don't? Yeah, exactly. You know, surprisingly, there's quite a few. Everyone assumes that a retailer has a digital presence, an app, and an omni-channel fulfillment. Airports don't have that luxury of assumption. If they were to kick off these cross-airport type commerce initiatives, they would have to 
put out big press about the capabilities just to set the stage and get the word out. But then, you know, time will move on. People will forget. And then as they start to book their travel, then you've got to remind them of those omni-channel offerings somehow. So, you know, airports then could tie in with the airlines to deliver ads, like at the point of purchase. So the tickets use push notifications mm-hmm. from the airline app or reminding them of the offerings pre-departure or during the flight. But, you know, then you suffer from another issue is that when customers are on a flight incoming into an airport, they need a connection. And so you'd have to work with the, the airlines to either open up maybe the way for customers to get to that site for free or, you know, expect customers to pay for that onboard Wi-Fi at that time. And then while some traditional retailers are providing these marketplace-like capabilities, it really is a must for the airports if they have any hope to directly reach the customer and provide this experience. You know, in this airport of the future, this airport does serve as that marketplace, surfacing up the items and inventory and availability from all of the tenants in the airport. But being that marketplace, the airport must provide a mechanism that's easy and intuitive for the individual tenants to manage all their items and their inventory data, thus leading to that cross-brand shopping experience where a shopper may or may not know which tenant they're actually getting those items from. And then, you know, another challenge is timing of fulfillment can also be a challenge for airports. You know, typically airport gate schedules are published, say, 30 days in advance. So the decision of which store, which tenant to source from can be made then or can wait closer to the flight date. For low value, high volume items, this may be okay. You may be able to bet that that item will actually be available, you know, 30 days from now at that flight time and not have to reserve or tie up that inventory early. For high value, low volume items, you know, like cameras or camera lenses, you might not have that luxury. In this instance, the airport needs to understand the frequency of replenishment of those items to know if they should assume that that item will be there in 30 days or not. And if they have that ability to see into that replenishment schedule, then then maybe they could promise against that inbound inventory, not the one that's on the shelf, but the inbound inventory and leave that high value item on the shelf for, say, that 30 day window, thus allowing for grab and go customers within the airport to actually pick it up. But, you know, one other thing that comes to mind is that duty free throws a bit of a curveball into the mix for airports. The airports have to deal with the restrictions of duty free, especially with alcohol and tobacco. You know, each country has restrictions and limitations. So airports need to be able to programmatically limit the sale of this based on the local laws. Why? While this is not all in all, all that unique, what is unique is that a family can combine the limits based on the number of travelers together. So airports have to understand and process these restrictions based on the combined limits of a reservation, not just an individual. And then, you know, while traditional retailers offer click and collect and ship to home, airports have another layer of complexity on that click and collect experience of, of collecting at the desired arrival or departure gate or terminal. Arrival and departure spots can change at the last moment, which means that the systems need to completely reroute and re-identify where the items need to be picked up and dropped off. And then finally, airport retail was never really designed for pick and pack operations or stations. So they really need efficient systems to tell them when to pick and pack so that inventory doesn't just pile up at a staging spot. And they need intuitive and easy to use applications to reduce that time off the floor that they would be with customers. You know, Chad, it reminds me of a lot of conversations that I have at CoreSight with retailers and other tech companies that talk about how the stores in a shopping center, in a mall, many of the, you know, the smaller specialty stores were not designed for pick and collect. They were not designed for ship from store. They were designed for people walking into the store and, and buying and taking home. 
similar kind of disruption with added caveats of, as you said, the duty-free element. And when people purchase this way, is there the opportunity for the product to be sent to their home, kind of like on a far-fetch? Farfetch is the interface with all these different boutiques around the globe, and you're buying from one of them, and and you don't necessarily know which one it's from until you get the delivery, and it's sent to you, and there's no complication with currency or with duty. Yeah, yeah, good point, Mary. And for some airports right now, that could be the only option. It's definitely one that's in the arsenal, and it could be as passenger loads are increasing, that may be the best option to use that as just a deliver to home. And then during this time of using it just as a pure shift to home model, it could be an opportunity that as the loads are increasing to give the airports the time to kind of sharpen the pencil and sharpen the processes to be ready once the travel picks up again. Right. There's been a lull in travel and it's gradually returning. A lot of business travel has been on stall, on hold until maybe 2022. I know I'm doing a little bit of attending some conferences in the fall, but it seems so tenuous. You don't know how many people will go, but 2022 should be a good year. So tell me, how would an order management system benefit an airport and their tenant stores? How do you see this improving the overall experience for travel shoppers as they return to traveling? Let's just chat about those different personas that you mentioned. So you know, for the tenants within the airport, the OMS system or the order management system becomes the home of their inventory. It also provides them a mechanism for alerting store associates to pick an order when it's time to do so. And again, it goes back to that efficiency and ensuring that it's the right time and it's not not just creating a staging issue. The store associates are, are also using the mobile di- devices to scan that item out of inventory, put it on a fulfillment so they can be picked up and taken by the airport associates to a collection point to have it either, as you mentioned, shipped home to the traveler or have have them pick it up before they depart. And then for the airport persona, the OMS then is really the aggregated view of all that inventory across all of those tenants. And then the OMS also provides a place to define the rules for orchestrating those orders. The airport can configure the OMS to source from the tenant simply based on the proximity to that collection point, or they could maybe look at it in terms of the tenants that have the fastest processing time. So if the order time and the collection time have a really short window, then maybe maybe you would want to have it sourced from a tenant that's known or has a, has a track record of, of being able to source and process orders fast. You may want to source it from a tenant or a store that has the most inventory so that you've got a pretty good confidence that the inventory is actually there and they could be able to fulfill from there you know, and so on. And then the OMS can help define the rules for what happens whenever that gate change does occur or flights get canceled or moved at the last minute. The OMS can then help direct folks to know where to go grab items and help drop them off. And then those those airport runners that are going between the different tenants, they would be using OMS mobile devices to know which of those tenants to go and grab those items from and which collection point to take them to. And then once they get them to the collection point, at that point, it's just a disparate group of items. And so the OMS can then direct that collection staff or those runners on how to consolidate all of those items into the specific orders so that the customer demand can be fulfilled. The last person, I guess, would be the shoppers. And in this situation, convenience is king. You know, imagine this, if you're landing late in Miami and you have big plans to hit the beach in the morning, you could try to have your Uber driver sit outside of a store that may or may not be open when you get there. While you run in to get that hat and sunglasses and sunscreen that you forgot, 
You could also risk maybe the hotel gift shop with the extremely high prices that you would incur there. Or imagine this, you could use your mobile phone or your laptop or tablet on the flight into Miami, be able to shop across all the stores inside that Miami airport and have everything ready for you at your arrival gate. Imagine this, if you were flying to meet family and friends for a reunion, you had planned on grabbing a few things during your your layover, say, in Chicago. (laughs) Your flight's delayed coming in, and now you have very little time. If you could shop across all of those stores and pick up a mix of items, so if you have toys and clothing and perfume and bottles of wine and maybe even that, that camera for yourself, just imagine how incredible it would be if you could have all that waiting for you at your final destination at that arrival gate so that you could be on your way. So this sounds like a great way for travelers to spend on the flight, right? On their last flight or even on their flight going to a place. The Miami example, the the Chicago example. This is such an interesting B2B to C model. How are the retailers adopting this? I think consumers would certainly benefit from, you know, the immediacy, the ability to meet their needs at the last minute. Also, just the more retailers that are on a platform at an airport just provides a fun shopping experience. You're working directly with the airports and are the airports pulling in the retailers? How's that working? That's the key, right? Is that there has to be a value to every party involved, right? And so for the airports, they see it as obviously a new revenue stream and a new way to, to get access to the customer and to the specific behaviors of a customer and the buying behaviors of a customer. And then for the merchant, it gives them the opportunity to maybe pick up sales that they might have missed out on because of short timeframes or, or whatever. Right. And then it really is a bit of a, a, a balance though, because there can be some, uh, say, say, issues between figuring out which store to source from. If a bottle of perfume is it duty-free and at the brand store, well, which one do you pull from and how, how do you maintain that fairness? Again, it goes back, do you source it from some sort of logic on distance, on throughput? There's lots to be worked. I think it's definitely, as I mentioned before, I think this, this is the last frontier of omni-channel retail disruption because it's the one that, that hasn't been tapped yet. And I think we'll start to see this you know, going forward. You know, it's some of the work that I've done in the last 10 years with shopping centers, and we saw them wanting to create apps that would enable the shoppers that go to their local mall. And usually shoppers don't know the name of their mall. They just call it a local mall. They don't know if it's Simon's or Westfield's or whatever. And they know the department stores and the specialty shops that they shop. So the mall developers were thinking, let's create an app so that the shopper can see their favorite stores in the app and set up, like do a search for white denim size 28, whatever it is. But there was some reluctance on the part of retailers to be that close to their competition in an app because out of fear that the consumer wouldn't go into the store and check it out. And, you know, once a consumer is in the store, the ability to convert them is better, especially if there's a good sales associate. So there's were some sticking points, but certainly the shopping centers realized that an app for the consumer was helpful in terms of central pickup. And COVID may have changed this going forward for retailers to combine because they did have curbside pickup that was centralized with COVID. But 
in the case of like a shopping center, they could help you find a place to park. They could get you a reservation at the pizzeria in the mall, that kind of thing. In the airport, do you see a reluctance for the retailers to kind of join forces and be in the same app like we're talking about for this omni-channel marketplace shopping experience? Yeah, I think it's the fear of the unknown, right? As these are rolled out, then from the tenant's perspective, the adoption will, will help increase the experience, right? And I think, you know, from the airport, we know that, you know, airport retail will for sure sputter for a bit as we get through the variants and the vaccines and everything. But as we get back to our old normal, I think that airports really going to embrace the fact that consumers have become familiar and expect a digital experience in all aspects of their life. I feel that at some point, airport shopping will be no different. And in this, it's, it's going to be the same. Convenience is going to be the battleground. Mm-hmm. And in any scenario, airport or traditional retail, better experiences means more loyalty. I, I wouldn't want to claim that availability of a shopping experience is going to be a driving factor in the near term of which airport you choose to fly in and out of or through. Although I do think that it would be a contributing factor with along with price and location and access to public transit and so mm-hmm. forth. But, but again, as that adoption increases, I, I feel so will the, the expectations that this is available. Oh, and, and definitely travelers talk about great airport shopping and the different, you know, like what you can get in Paris and London and Chicago, that kind of thing. I just went through LaGuardia here in New York City, and it's in the process of being refurbished and it looks lovely. They had a section that was, you know, very New York centric. And I bought a tin of chocolate, not even a half a pound for $41 because it was like an old retro New York brand. I think it was Lewis Sherry. But like when you're sitting in an airport waiting an hour and then your flight is delayed, there's so much opportunity to buy great stuff. So airport retail really is an opportunity for brands, for retailers, for tech companies, for airports, for the whole cabang, for the entire retail ecosystem. What challenges do you see if airports really don't adopt these technologies and systems? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, the Amazonification of everything is that the expectations that consumers have maybe in, in tangential or, or other, other industries are, are going to spill over. Like I said, will customers make that a deciding factor to fly through one airport or the other? Don't know. You know, in larger cities, like you mentioned in New York, where you've got three airports that you could choose from, it could become a, a deciding factor along with, you know, some of those other decision points. Right. Like how, how long does it take to get to the airport? <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, you know, you're good. It's another good point on the flying through. Let's say that, you know, that a given airport has a great shopping experience, but because of the countries you're flying to and from, you're constrained to a given terminal and maybe those stores are not in there, but mm-hmm. being able to shop across all of the tenants and be able to create that order, then that airport runner could grab it from a terminal that you physically can't get into and right. be able to bring that item to you. So I think there's there's going to be lots of use cases that come up in this that that we'll, we'll see that'll, that'll continue to unfold the story for us. I think you're right, because that happens to a lot of people. You think that you're going to be able to shop that terminal and nope, you're not going there. You're in Terminal E, not Terminal A, and, and that's it. But with your solution, with Fluent, we would be able to access that other terminal, the retailers there, and pick it up on our way to the next flight, right? Exactly. Where can our listeners go to learn more about how Fluent Commerce works and more about you? For sure. You can definitely check out our, our website at fluentcommerce.com. And, and I would definitely follow us on social. We um, are lucky enough that we have a fantastic marketing team backed up by 
a lot of really great industry thought leaders within the team that that just re- results in some really great content that's that's relevant and, and very valuable. Oh, great, great. Okay, so we should check out your website, find you on social. This has been really a wonderful conversation. I think we've done a great job covering the topics. It's for sure the new frontier and and the new way that airports are looking at themselves. And then it'll be fun to be part of the story as this unfolds. I think that it's great to see this happening in travel retail, which is a small ecosystem of overall retail with added complexities that most retail does not have, though online has its share of them. But it would be interesting. And and I really do think that this will evolve and become part of your typical shopping center as retail continues to evolve in 2021, 22, 23. So thank you. No, absolutely. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be here. It's been wonderful to have this conversation and look forward to future opportunities. You've been listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. If you would like to be considered as a guest on our show, apply at rethink.industries podcast guest. For sponsorship opportunities, send us an email at media at rethink.industries. You can help support our team at Rethink Retail by dropping us a rating and review on your iTunes podcast app. To each and every one of you, thanks so much for tuning in. Retail never sleeps. See you next week.